So we need to talk about something. What's that? Well, there's a little issue that has arisen. I've noticed. Oh. And I just, I feel like in the interest of open communication, we should discuss it. All right. Tell me. I I know you've been doing this healthy thing with the milkshakes with your ladies. Well, they're not milkshakes. Okay. Because there's nothing healthy about a milkshake. They're protein shakes, but go ahead. And I've noticed the past couple of cities, whenever we go into a restaurant, you're actually spending a lot of time ordering and changing whatever's on the menu. That's not true. That's not true. I change stuff when it's spicy and we're in the South and stuff here is spicy. So I change spicy. That's it. But even with salads, I've noticed. Well, because they put cheese on a salad. I don't want cheese on my salad. I'm just telling you, okay, in the interest of open communication, Uh I don't date women that are menu changers. Well, you're stuck with me because you're not dating me. You're married. I'm just telling you, if you want to continue enjoying all the sweet love that I bring, <laughs> uh huh. this is not a little wedding in a Spanish villa where it's a free-for-all. This is you get a plus one or a minus one when we're ordering in a restaurant. Oh, good to know. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll take note of that next time I'm ordering a salad with cheese. New rule. <laughs> okay. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, listeners. Ever wonder what it would be like to blow up your comfort zone at the tender age of 50? Well, we did just that. When our last kid went off to college, we hit the road in search of a new hometown. Now we bounce from city to city and bring you along for the ride. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back for another Exciting installment of Skip Town All Stars. How are we doing, Trixie? Uh, I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah. Just as long as I don't have a salad with cheese, I think I'm fine. <laughs> okay. You fair may enough. be calling a divorce attorney if I have to take off that cheese. We'll see how it goes. You know, I'm open to uh, couples therapy over it. All right. We may have to do that. Just letting you know, I got a little skin in the game. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Oh, you have some longevity in you, so yeah, I'm good. glad to hear that. I do, yeah. Just tighten up that order, that's all, and we'll be good. No promises. <laughs> so we're coming to you from our daughter's house in Corpus Christi. The couch has been installed behind us. Uh-huh. The hardware is missing. Yeah. Yeah, as expected by any quality furniture delivery service. There is nothing in life that is guaranteed, and getting a couch in one piece is one of them. This goes to the conversation we were having about the apocalypse and how I told you it's not going to be like World War Z. It's not going to be like The Walking Dead. It's just going to be stupid. But we're not in the apocalypse. I'm saying we're trending that direction. And this, all these little signs post-COVID that you can't get the right bolts with anything. Yeah. I just think COVID is such a lame excuse these days. We're three years out. So when yeah. they, they bring a couch <laughs> that has no legs, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, part of it has legs. It's an L shape, but the middle L where it meets that corner didn't have legs. And yeah. they're fine with it. They, they, and they thought we should be fine with it too. I mean, they legitimately left and said, okay, the bolts will be here in a week. Uh, and I few- looked at them <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, okay. And I have a picture of this couch with the corner unit being on the ground with no legs. I'm like, so what are we supposed to do? He's like, oh, you'll be fine. New homeowner blues. But it's everything. Well, the best is our 23-year-old daughter has like, you know, she gets so upset over every little thing. Uh-huh. Like her TV cabinet that she ordered that <laughs> looks like hot, <laughs> hot garbage. 
It looks like she it paid ten dollars for. She it. spent ninety I, on Amazon and thought that was somehow going to be like the marquee piece in her living room. Yeah. it's awesome. Uh huh. So uh, I said she spent fifty dollars too much. Yeah, she did. We had to remind her you're not in a dorm room anymore. Yeah. So she was mad, and she last night went to a friend's and then texted me and said, "I'm so mad." And I said, "Oh, about that cabinet, huh?" She's like, "Yep." Nope. <laughs> the best part of all that is it's not our fault. No, not at all. She wants to blame us somehow. She does, but yeah. we didn't pick it out. Uh-uh. You in put fact, it- I, I did. I put it together. And about halfway through, I was like, this is a piece of garbage. Like I'm spending so much time uh-huh. on this worth. Like this is at best a patio planter box. It won't even last a season. It's no. like, what is that thing called? That Melamine is- or whatever. And like what's it underneath there? Like what's that thing called that's underneath there? Like cardboard. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> it's like what's that crappy stuff that IKEA it's makes? Fiber board. St- yeah, fiberboard. Yeah, fiberboard. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> it's like it's not going to last in the elements one summer. No, not at all. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. We are here to talk to you today about the Nakedish, Louisiana experience. Nakedish. I finally have it down. Oh, I okay. said it right. Just now. I'm going to spell it without screwing it up. Ready? No, because I have to look it up because I don't even know how to spell it correctly. So N-A-T-C-H-I-T-O-C-H-E-S. Excellent. Spelled Nachitoches, but don't say it that way. Why? Oh, because people will get mad at you in, in Nakadish. It is Nakadish. Yeah. So I think uh, it's Nakatish, but we keep saying the duh, like D. And so I think it's Nakatish, but- I can't be 100% certain because with a Southern drawl, yeah. everyone sounds a little different when they say it back to us. I hear Nakadish. I hear Nakadish. I hear Nakadish. I, so I don't know. I said Nakadish uh-huh. really fast the whole time we were in town and nobody corrected me. So All right. We'll go with that. Maybe it's because I blended all the consonants together. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. But anyway, uh, somehow this ended up on our dartboard yes. and it was all because of you. Tell us why. I was looking for some cute small towns and Natchitoches came up on my radar. And the one thing that I noticed about it right away was that it is the town that the film Steel Magnolias was filmed in. And I am a huge Steel Magnolias fan. I've seen it at least 10 times. Uh huh. I did watch it. Uh, I've seen it three. No, you have fallen asleep three times. I have fallen asleep three times in different eras of my life. With different ladies. We're not going to go into that right now. We just two got through them? couples therapy over your menu. Two of those, two of those experiences were, were BD before were Denise. BD. Yeah. Before Denise, they were BD. Uh huh. Yeah. I then, gave it a try with you. I thought I was interested enough in you to stay awake during Steel Magnolias, but it turns out, not even you, are a serum. That is a hard pill to swallow. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I cannot believe that this beautiful self <laughs> did not keep you this awake. beautiful soul. <laughs> I did not keep you awake. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, uh, I am a huge Still Not Magnolias fan. And um, I was thrilled to find out that this cute little town in Louisiana is where they filmed the entire movie. All the scenes, including the church where Shelby got married, is authentic. And I was so happy. So um, okay. yeah. And when did you know we were heading to Natchitoches because of Steel Magnolias? Uh, on the way, like an hour out. Well, it wasn't just Steel Magnolias, to be clear. I mean, it's an adorable town and mm-hmm. the cost of living is um, very reasonable. Super reasonable. So I wanted to check it out. You can get property for a very good price. Yeah. Um, there's water because you, you know. Lake Sylvia is nearby. Yeah. So there the were. The Cane River is in, right in front of you in town. Yep. So there were 
other reasons to visit, not to mention it is just the most charming little town. So I wanted to see it with my own two eyes. I wanted to know, is this my star's hollow? Okay. I'm not going to spoil that by okay. asking yet, just yet. Uh, so we rolled into town and we had the great fortune to have chosen the Church Street Inn right at Church in Front, right yeah. in the middle of downtown, right in the heart. It is in the heart of everything. And it is adorable. It's a cross between a bed and breakfast and a hotel. Uh, and that's really the best way to describe it. There are maybe eight hotel rooms in there, but they... Like our room had a four poster bed, a cute, charming colonial style desk, really, really pretty lamps. So it felt very much like a bed and breakfast, Mm -hmm. but was in a hotel. They also offered a beautiful breakfast in the morning. It wasn't your standard uh, hotel breakfast. Uh, And and they had a happy hour from 4.30 to 5.30, red or white wine. And it was just so charming because- the girls at the front desk were super, super friendly. So again, it felt like a cross between a bed and breakfast in a hotel. And it's owned privately yeah. uh, by a local who w- has lived in Natchitoches her whole life. And I just like being able to frequent places where uh, locals own the business and we can contribute to the community. Yeah. And it was easy to befriend Tressie, who was the, uh, I, I believe, the hotel manager, right? I, I don't know what her title was, but she did convey authority. Yes, she did. <laughs> In a good way, but meaning like she was the person to go to if there was a problem, but yeah, we didn't have one. Super friendly. She and her staff bent over backward for us, tried to bend over backward for us all week. We have a thing where we usually hang a do not disturb sign on our door. We do. Ever since I can remember, I really don't like people in my room. I've I've never been a high maintenance um, guest in a hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person that makes the housekeeper come in every day to make my bed. I I don't want them in my room at all. Yeah. And this woman was so sweet, and I kept saying to her, "No, we're good. We're fine. We're good. We're good. We're fine." I hope she wasn't offended. But anyway, getting back to Natchitoches, mm-hmm. uh, we were quickly directed when we got into town that night to head to a small list of places. Yeah. Uh, Natchitoches, as charming as can be, like I said, it feels like you're back in time. It's the third oldest city in the United States. It is. It was purchased along with the rest of the the Louisiana Purchase. Is it the third oldest or is it the first oldest? There's like something about it, though, in Louisiana. It is the oldest settlement in the Louisiana Purchase. Okay. So that's it. It's the oldest settlement in Louisiana Purchase, but third oldest town in the United States. Yes. And so we were instructed right away to head down Front Street, where all the charming shops and restaurants are, uh, straight for either uh, there was some sort of pub that was open. I forget the name of it. We didn't go there. Uh, we headed straight to Maglio's, the Italian Creole place. Yeah, and- because there are just a few options um, at in the evening. Like not everything is open, and we're going to go into that. Yeah, but uh, but it yeah, will be a recurring theme. Uh huh. But when we got there, they directed us to a restaurant that was, in fact, already closed mm-hmm. as of six minutes ago. Yes, and then we went to the pub, and what was what happened there? Uh, what did happen there? Kitchen we was left. closed. The kitchen was closed. Mm-hmm. We walked in. That's right. Right away. Yeah. And, kitchen and, was closed. But at least the barmaid was nice enough to shout that out to us the minute we crossed the threshold. Yep. And then we We scrambled. obviously looked hungry. I, we must have. <laughs> but uh, we ended up going to a Japanese restaurant. We did. Yeah. To get uh, basically noodles and stir fry in, in, in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Yeah. 
in the heart of Creole, the Creole, one of the Creole uh-huh. capitals. We were, uh-huh. we were eating Asian food. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next day we woke up ready to take on Natchitoches and we were promptly instructed, not just by Tressie, but I think by at least two or three people in blogs and everything to check out Mer- Merci Beaucoup. My French is not up to snuff. Excuse me. One of the big allures for Merci Beaucoup was what? Oprah. Oprah went to Merci Beaucoup a couple years ago. She came to Natchitoches and she dined there. So we had to go because if it's good enough for Oprah, well, heck, it's good enough for us. It's definitely good enough for us. Uh-huh. And and how was it? Uh, not so good. <laughs> not so good. I would mediocre. never go back. I would never go back. Uh, it took us about an hour and 15 to get a salad and a bowl of gumbo. Uh-huh. It was terrible. And my salad, it was supposed to be like a salad with some cut up fruit in it. It had orange wedges orange slices on it. They were out of strawberries. Uh, I don't know, like the vinaigrette I wanted, they were out of. It was terrible. In fact, it was so bad that I wanted to ask the hostess or the manager, the guy that seemed to be in charge, what did Oprah order when she was here? And how long did you make her wait? (laughs) I couldn't find him. I literally, I got up to ask him and he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And for the time it took to ladle two bowls of or two two ladles of gumbo yeah. into my into my uh, bowl, it d- it did make me wonder like what's going on? Are they f- are they forcing us to slow down our pace? Oh, was it intentional? I felt it was definitely intentional. Now that you bring it up, because there was no way that our waiter could have moved that slow, and the restaurant was only half full, and you had soup. Yeah, there were only three other tables beside yeah. us, so and I think they had it- already eaten. Yeah, it was. It sounds like it could have very well been intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Slow down, mm-hmm. Northerner. Slow down. Well, we did, and uh-huh. we explored the town a little bit. There were some shops. Did you uh, go into any of those? I did, but it was um, it was like your look. We've been to a lot of southern towns, so it's kind of the basic general store, kitschy stuff. Um, cute, cute. Like I'm not. I mean, it's adorable. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. Uh. You know, it was just standard fare, basically for a cute southern charming town where you honestly feel like you're back in time. All the the lamp posts, everything are very. Uh, is it colonial? Is that the right word? I think so. I don't think it, like I don't think it's southern gothic. No, because southern gothic, well, to me, says New Orleans, and this was not New Orleans. Yeah. But it had a beautiful riverboat on the river, like you could sit by the river, have lunch. Um, oh, yeah. The riverfront was gorgeous. Yeah. And that's where their main street uh, runs along the riverfront. And that's where you walk along the main street. Yeah. The bridge uh, is pretty. Paddle boats sitting there on the shoreline. So when you look up Natchitoches, Louisiana, these photos come up and, and you can you can tell why, because it's just it's quite beautiful. Front Street is great. And then right around the bend is Northwestern State University. Here's what I found interesting about this place. There's a college in this city but you would never know by being on Front Street, I felt, because they didn't really advertise the college. And although you saw college kids, I didn't notice a lot of things for the college kids to do or a lot of stores or like, I mean, there's like one little ice cream shop. So to me, I just was really surprised that there's a college in this town. The town is cute as can be, but it's so unlike Auburn, Alabama, where the town rallies around the college and makes it a a big deal. There was none of that here. And I just thought a lot of missed opportunities when I was walking around, like things that could be there for college kids, especially that I didn't see. And, and sort of just like for you and I, as a tourist, um, you know, there, there was no convenience store to like grab a bottle of water or soda, um, nothing like that. Not even a mom and pop. Like, no, you had to go into a restaurant or something. Yeah. Like even, even a cup of water. Yes. And when we went to 
Auburn, I mean, there was tumors, which was a pharmacy, little grocery store, ice yeah, cream shop, lemonade. For the kids and yeah, all that it, stuff. And most little towns that we go to have that. Yeah. Uh, this one didn't. A Natchitoches didn't. I thought, wow, that's kind of weird that they don't have this. Again, just a, a lot of things I saw in that little stretch of downtown that I thought was a missed opportunity for the college that's there. Yeah. I mean, there seemed to be plenty of employees. So we tried to go to Maglio's again that night and somehow something was going on. We missed. No. We were too early for the dinner. Lunch. Remember, we missed lunch. We missed lunch. Yeah. So the one thing about the South, which is uh, very interesting for a Westerner or a Northerner, and I don't understand it. Uh, we did talk to a couple of locals and ask them about this as well. Uh, most restaurants that we found are just breakfast and lunch places. Yeah. But it's like, not just a handful. Like 75% of them, it seemed. I mean, that's like probably an exaggerated percentage, but it seemed like most places were done by 2 or 3 p.m. And you can't go back until 5. So it goes back to my whole Laurel, Mississippi. <laughs> Only for the ones that are actually open for dinner, several of them are done for the day. At oh, that, that point. is true. So we're back to only 25% of restaurants now that are open for dinner that open at 5. And, uh, and so all of the good restaurants, like, we had a handful of restaurants people suggest to us every time they did, they go, oh, that closes it too. It's too late now. Oh, that's just, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to make that today. And I, I just, goes back to Laurel, Mississippi. It, All I need to do is open up- It goes back to our West Coast schedule too. I just, no, no, it goes back to capitalism. <laughs> Who wants to have a successful business? I will create a business in Natchitoches that just stays open longer than everyone else. And I, I guarantee in a year, I will be showing a profit. Oh, I guarantee it as well. Now, in fairness, so many of these restaurants have been around for years, decades, whatever it is. But yeah, I think there's actually a golden opportunity there to counter-program their open times with your own and be able to make money. It wasn't just restaurants, though. We found- Oh, the shops. The shops are closed like bing, bang, done by like 4 or 5 p.m. Yeah. Do you remember- that video that you were taking. I can't wait to release the Ask a Local. I don't even know if it's going to be an Ask a Local. It's going to be a YouTube short, I swear, because it's just me going, here's this place, closed. Here's that place, closed. Here's this place, open for another 45 minutes. Here's this place, closed, 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 closed. It was, it was kind of insane. Like as a tourist there on a Monday through Thursday, which was really our stay, mm -hmm. uh, didn't seem to be a lot to do there. No, and I, I personally don't understand it. And it goes back to also, it's a college town. Yeah. So they expect these college kids to get everything wrapped up by 4 or 5 p.m. It's, I, I, can't, I can't figure it out. You no, know, in fairness, we could have looked up their opening times on Yelp or something, but we just naturally assumed they would be open in the afternoon. Yeah. So, you know, silly us. Uh, mea culpa, our mistake, I guess. And so we ended up going that night to dinner at Mama's Oyster Bar, where we met Jenna, who was a great, bartender and actually served me up a couple pints of Cane River uh, American Pale Ale, which is actually brewed nearby. Mm -hmm. And it tasted delicious. Jenna was really funny. And when we asked her, what do the college kids do around here? Because it was a Monday or Tuesday at that point, Wednesday, whatever day it was. Uh, they we, all seem the same. Let's be honest. Well, we didn't know what we were going to do for fun. So what does a 20-something or a 19-year-old do for fun? Uh-huh. And what was her answer? answer? I'm asking what was, you. I'm asking I'm you. I'm asking you. Nothing. We create our own fun. That's what she said, which to me sounds really dangerous. Yep. It has to do with sex and drugs. When I when people are creating their own fun, those are the only two things. Well, I mean, that's college anyway, let's be honest. But uh, no, they have a lot of house parties. There aren't a lot of places for them to go. 
So that seems so sad to me because it's like if there's nobody throwing a big bash and nobody in your immediate friend circle is getting people together, you're just stuck in on a Friday night. It's so weird. Like what a, I I would not want that college experience from my kids or myself, or would you have gone there? I, I wouldn't have lasted a semester. I mean, I would have nothing been, to do. I would have been writing home to my mom, like just on the outside of the envelope, like, "Mom, come get me, please. Yeah, come get me." It's you really know? terrible, and and it all goes back to, I don't know, town council. Honestly, like, like there's no banners up every anywhere with these kids, uh, their their team logos or their volleyball or softball or basketball. I don't even know. Do they even have team sports? Like, there's a little presence there. I mean, it's hard to compare them to Auburn, where everything is like Auburn University, War Eagle, and all that. No, uh, we but, were in Waco, and there was Baylor everywhere. That's true. So you got to stop. Like when there's a college. There is a college spirit, and this town did not have a college spirit. You could be right, and it could be because the students themselves were funny and young and- you know, sort of enthusiastic about their futures, but they weren't particularly energized when it came to the subject of Natchitoches. Well, yeah, because the the town, it has nothing to do with the students. The town has nothing to offer. And to me, that's a huge missed opportunity. Why would you not have something to offer for these college kids? Some fun things to do. I don't get it. I don't understand it. We know from talking to a local, the college employees, what percentage of that town? I think it was like 40% or something like that, right? You know, I, I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Well, okay. So I have a theory. Oh, and that is tell me. ready. Did Here's you go to Harvard theory. Business School? I didn't go to Harvard Business School, but I drove the town a couple of times. And I will say everything is sectioned off geographically. So there are great restaurants along Front Street. And incidentally, US News had Natchitoches as like one of the top 10 small towns a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. And one of the responses was, did they just drive down Front Street and leave? Because <laughs> it is true. There is just Front Street. But there's Front Street and then uh, a couple blocks, I believe, west, heading westward, like back into the neighborhood, uh-huh. away from Front Street on that same side of the river where you can find restaurants and some pubs oh, and, and a bank and blah, blah, blah. And a handful, honey. A church. It's a handful. I know. But there's the river and then you have a nice neighborhood right on the east side of the river across the bridge. And within a few blocks, that sort of disperses. And all of a sudden, you have strip mall heaven, Walmart, which seems to be there's no mall in town. Nope, it's only Walmart. And agreed. a there's bunch a of fast food restaurants along the one strip, and then really, really poor neighborhoods. Then, if you are on the front street side of the river and you're heading toward the college, there's a bend. And once the shops, and restaurants of downtown sort of dissipate. Geographically, there's like a forest or marsh or whatever. And then you roll up on the campus. Uh, the campus isn't super small. I mean, it's 11,000 kids mm-hmm. attending there. Actually, uh, I read that's actually incorrect. I think they're down to 9,500 students now. They dropped like 10% or 15% last huh. year. Wonder why. Probably because there's nothing to do. And my point to that is, you have the campus. They have a huge football stadium for the size school they are. Like their football stadium is pretty it's big. Like every college, please. I know, but uh, directly across the street from campus, there are like 
there's Nikki's Mexican restaurant down the way, which was the best thing we found. And there were like two or two, maybe uh, like a rundown restaurant and a rundown bar. Like, I'm like, where do these kids, like to the earlier point, where do these kids go to have fun? There's nothing for them to do there. Uh-huh. I know. It's really a shame. So what happens is I'll tell you where do they go. When they graduate, they leave Natchitoches. Yes, they do. And they don't stay and they don't. Yes, they do. They don't stay and they don't come back. It's really unfortunate because we've been to college towns, including Chicago, where if people leave, they sometimes come back yeah. or or they actually stay because there's, you know, there's opportunity. Yeah. Like Orlando, University of Central Florida, plenty of people stay oh, on in Orlando after so they true. graduate. That so, is so true. Uh, here, not so much. And I'll tell you why. I actually did some of the research after a couple of our interviews with people there, yeah. locals. Uh, 11% of the population in Natchitoches has a bachelor's degree. Oh, that's so small for for, for such a small town. How many people live there? What's the population again? It's 18,000 like, people. I was going to say, is it 18, 19? I knew it was that number. So 11% is roughly 2,000 people. And you have 10,000 students attending the school every year. You're graduating what? 1,500, 2,000 of them every year. It tells me you are bleeding young talent. Yes. Nobody wants to stay because there is no opportunity for them there. It's a shame. It really is. And the socioeconomic factors, as we would find, were obviously a big part of that. I mean, uh, so we're talking the South, and you obviously have your sort of sectioned off white neighborhoods, your black neighborhoods, just like any other city. I shouldn't even say it's because of the South. It's literally every city in the United States. Yeah. The only thing I would say is because of those educational factors and because the median income in Natchitoches is only $28,000 per year, mm-hmm. uh, which is really low, uh, I would say the level of poverty that you're seeing in this sort of rural area, specifically in the black communities, is a deeper level of poverty than you would encounter in many other cities or regions. Yeah. We traveled all around it, so it wasn't like we just were on Front Street the whole time. But what's interesting to me, the high level of poverty did not negate how happy most people were that we met, and it's people true. of color, like very happy. Specifically, to live there. people of color, they were among the most vibrant, exuberant people that we've encountered all over the country. Uh, tell them about our little adventure behind the car wash. <laughs> it sounds as seedy as it is. It really does. So, okay. First of all, you didn't even want to go. So I had to drag you there and then I had to drag him out. And what I'm referring to is bingo. <laughs> okay. So I found this place that has um, bingo and it's like a bingo parlor. And so I was super, super excited about it. And we pull up, it's hidden because you couldn't even find it. He, You kept saying, is this it? Is this it? It's hidden behind a car wash and a bar. And it's a big yep. bingo parlor. So we parked there and there's cars everywhere. It's packed. Like there was only two spaces left. And he, yeah. do you remember he was, you were so worried. You said, our car is going to get broken into. And I, I, I looked at you. I was like, don't worry about it. Let's just go in and see. There's so many cars. <laughs> How are they going to pick our car to be broken into? There's well, so many other cars. Because we have out of state plates, but- Okay, well, whatever. So we get in there. And first of all, I did not realize that when you go to a professional bingo place. Professional? um, Yeah, because these grandmas were all professional. Okay. 
they were very skilled. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. You have a pack, a booklet of ten games, and each game is a different game. It's not your traditional, you know, diagonal and straight bingo. No, no, no. But they go fast. So when the pack is done, when you end all of your ten games, you're done for the night. You're done. I did not know that. I actually thought it was like. You know, like the bingo in church, like where you go, you play a game, you get up after you lose, you have a little potato salad. Go smoke a cigarette with grandma. Yep. And then you come back and you just play bingo until it ends. And when I called the bingo parlor place, I don't know what you call it, but I called it a parlor. Okay. The bingo parlor. Fancy name. I asked them, what time do you close? They said 1045. So in my head, it's, it's seven. I'm like, oh, we We got three hours of bingo. We got, we have three hours of bingo. No. No, when the book is over, when they go blow through all 10 games, you're done. You leave. So we walk in. We walked in like Kramer from Seinfeld. Had Everyone turns and looks at us. It's a big, big room. <laughs> there are only four white people, and we're two of them. Yeah. We were the marshmallows and the cocoa. Uh-huh. Definitely. And everybody just looked at us. And I remember the girl at the door saying, you have to go to the front to get your packet. The front was a really long walk and we're interrupting the game. They're in the middle of one of the games in this 10 packet. Oh, I hated walking up there. I was like, as I don't a six wanna- foot three white man, I was so out of place in this room and we had to walk past everybody. And even though numbers were being called and they were dabbing their numbers with the dabbers, they still all caught a look at us as we passed them toward the front of the room. And what happened? Fortunately, on the way <laughs> to get our packet, one lady looked at me and smiled. And I smiled back and I said, ma'am, and I was ready to ditch you at that moment. I knew the rest of the night I was going to be sitting next to her. Yeah, you were sitting next to Miss Mary. Miss Mary, uh-huh. my new friend. She was probably like close to 70. Yeah. She knew how, she had, oh my gosh, how many games did she have? At, she was playing at one time. Oh, she how had, many she games? was playing like three or four packets at once. Yeah, so that's each packet has four. So she had 12 games going Yeah. at one at one game. She had 12 cards 12 going cards, at once. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's that's the right terminology. We only Miss bought- Miss Mary don't play. No, not at all. Mm. So I thought when you go to bingo, you get those little round discs that you put over the numbers. No, you have to get a dabber. So you buy a dabber for a dollar. And I thought, okay, well, he and I will share a dabber. No, that's not, this game goes so fast. Mm-hmm. There's no way we could share a dabber. So so Miss Barbara sitting next to me. Oh, yeah, you made a friend too. I did. She goes, here, honey. She's like, he needs his own dabber. And then- and she I'll, was right. Yeah. And then, so she gives him a dabber and then- and then his dabber wasn't, oh, he was losing. And then Miss Barbara was blaming me because I took the wrong dabber and the she energy. Gave me bad went, mojo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So um, so for somebody who didn't want to go, who canceled on me the night before because I wanted to do bingo the night before, and I forced him to go, he was the last person in the bingo hall cleaning up with the helper. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They had a lot of used cards. She needed a hand. I was just trying to be gentlemanly. I walk out and he's still inside. And Mm -hmm. I look at him with the most disdain because this is is our life together. I will suggest something. He will poo-poo it and I make him go. And then he's the- Poo-poo is the right word. Oh, what is it then? If poo-poo isn't the right word, I just usually say, I'm not doing that. And then what happens? And then you, you know, you have perseverance and then I end up doing it. And then what happens? I sometimes like it. A lot. (laughs) You're not going to rope me into saying it. I had a good time at bingo. I'm not going to lie. Miss Mary is so fat. It was stressful. I will say that. It was stressful. Yeah. Like 
I would be looking at my card and I wouldn't be done dabbing like my last two or three squares. And all of a sudden I would hear shunk and the next ball was coming up. I'm like, I'm not even done marking this one yet. And I, I looked over and I go, and Miss Mary's like, you got that one, the 37 right there. And I was like, Miss Mary, you're so fast. And she goes, wow, I've been doing this for 40 years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this is like a profession. It really is. It was so much fun. And then when the last sheet in the pack of 10 was done, I was like, oh, I'm buying Miss Mary a pack and I'm buying Miss Barbara a pack and we're going to do this all over again. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, everybody started getting up. And I said to Miss Barbara, where's everyone going? She goes, oh, honey, it's over. And I go, it's over? And she's like, oh, yeah. She goes, we do one pack and the game is over. So that was like 8.30. And I said, I said, it's open till 10.45. Well, it's open at 10.45 because there's slot machines in the bingo hall. Yeah, slot (laughs) machines. That's right. So, um, yeah, so we left bingo. Our car was still there. And as we get in the car, I said to him, this parking lot is the safest parking lot in all of Natchitoches because everyone's grandma's here. No one is going to steal a car from this parking lot because the town is small. Mm-hmm. And if grandma, grandma Sylvia's car goes missing, yeah. everyone's going to know who took it because she was at bingo. And these are things I had not thought of. And neither one of us won. I I generally I don't win. win it. That's the big takeaway. Neither one of us won. I generally don't win at bingo. Well, they like they were playing all these like weird rules, like six in a box around the corners. Oh, it was crazy. Uh, ring Smiley around, face. Ring around the bonus. I I just I I know I'm not using any of the proper terms. Like I, there are going to be bingo people correcting us on you know social media, but uh, all that to say, it was you know it was it was a little stressful for me. I had a lot of fun. Everyone was super welcoming, super sweet. Yeah. It was really nice. But it turns out bingo was not the most stress of the night because we got out of there at 8.30 and we were starving. We had not eaten and we had to make it over. We decided on a place called Trail Boss. Because Miss Barbara told me, guess what she said? They close at nine. Hightail it, sister. That's what she said. Hightail it. And I said, where is it? She goes, right around the corner. You got to hurry. And uh, they actually closed their kitchen at 8.45, right? They did. And we got there at 8.44. Uh And we said we were sorry. And they said, no problem. Come on in. The waitress was really nice. The kitchen was really fast. Yeah, it was great. I think we were out of there by like 10 or 15 after nine. (laughs) And we weren't even the last ones leaving. (laughs) So we were so starving at that point. It didn't even matter. Uh, oh, one other thing I want to mention is Natchitoches is known for meat pies. Oh. And I know we talk about food a lot, but I have to tell you, we did find this restaurant we went to mm-hmm. when it was open and we made sure we were there. We did miss it one day. Yeah. We made sure we we're there at noon. And I'm not a meat pie fan because I'm not an empanada fan. So I was like, eh, don't really want to do it. But what ended up happening? You did it. And it was delicious. <laughs> okay. So we're not going to like linger on that, but we went to this place called Lasions. Lasions. L-A-S-Y-O-N-E apostrophe S. Yeah. And it's supposed to be the best meat pie place. And it was that good. And I love seafood, but I'm not a big crawfish person. I had the crawfish meat pie. It was awesome. Cannot recommend that place enough. Okay. But you weren't part of one of the best experiences I had while I was in Natchitoches. What's that? The Steel Magnolias tour. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I did take a tour. Let me just tell you really quick about it. Um, you can do a walking tour. There's a map you can print online. Um, there's not the walking tour is really limited because you have to get in a car and drive. But there's a tour you can print out lo- online. I opted to 
get a private person who does these tours on a daily to take me on a tour. And she is part of the preservation group in Natchitoches. So not only did I get a Steel Magnolias tour, I also got some history of Natchitoches as well. And it was fantastic. So one thing I want to tell everyone, if you are a Steel Magnolias fan, you should definitely go to Natchitoches. She told me that she has women from all over the country that come there for tours. Her last tour that she did these ladies showed up in a limo and they went from location to location, drinking champagne, reciting lines <laughs> from the movie. It was so cute. So the, the thing I learned about uh, about Steel Magnolias being a fan, I did not know. Uh, almost everything in this movie is very true to uh, to the town and to the people and to the, the real life story of this woman who who died. And she took me to the location. She took me to where Shelby, the character Shelby, uh, grew up, like the real woman, uh, her house. It didn't look like the colonial house in the movie, but she took me to where her house was, where the wedding reception took place at the house. Uh, she took me to the church where Did she got cry? married. No, because I cried the night before. I, I watched the movie again the night before just to be refreshed and I cried. I so- fell asleep again. You you did. I was crying. I'm four for four. That scene in the hospital where Shelby's dying. Spoiler alert. Uh, I, it just it gets me every time. I I just I can't. I every time I cry. Babe, too soon. All right, too soon. What? Steel Magnolias was just released like thirty years ago, and you're spoiling it. <laughs> In any case, all I have to say is this woman took me to all the locations and um, the house where Truvy's salon was supposedly located in. There was no salon in that house, but there really was the house. And where Truvy yells out the window to Sam Shepard to pick up her dry cleaning, I saw that window. I mean, just it was phenomenal. And then the um, the actual Steel Magnolia's house, meaning the house that they used for the actual movie is in Natchitoches, that actual house. And now it's a bed and breakfast. Her birth house is owned by a woman named Lee, who was really phenomenal. She came out of her house and chatted with us. I thought that was so great. Oh, wow. A built-in feature to the tour. I uh-huh. like it. It was really a great tour. I suggested to anyone who is a Steel Magnolias fan. So I just had to throw that in. I was so excited. It was a great experience. And, and Chris... Evans was my tour guide and she was phenomenal and lived in Natchitoches for 40 years. So I really got a feel of Natchitoches through her eyes. And she was really good friends with the real life um, Sally Field in that movie, the woman who uh, Sally Field portrayed. She went to church with her. So she knew Shelby. She knew the whole family. Great. Um, I'm going to clap my hands to wake up all the guys who have been listening stop to it this, to this podcast so far it's time stop it so let's talk about we met a couple that live in Natchitoches we did yeah, yeah. so let's talk about our our visit with them and the fabulous cake Suzanne made yes uh so Suzanne and Wynn are okay so Wynn is a third generation a uh, gentleman who lives in Natchitoches. He had moved away for quite some time in his childhood, but came back and he actually attended Northwestern State University. Yeah, he did. Graduated, opened up his own. He's got the computer shop in town. He does uh, all of the networking issues, all the computer issues for uh, the court system there and a lot of the campus and everything. So he's like, you know what? Even though he had left for a little while, he's OG. Yeah, I mean, he he's is. been there forever. And then, and his uh, grandparents are from there, so he's yeah. like second or third generation. I think his great grandparents. Also, we learned his great grandparents live there. So his grandparents, yeah. great grandparents, and then he came back. Yeah, and uh, 
his wife, Suzanne, married into Natchitoches. She did. Uh, they had met somewhere in Texas or something did, like that, if yes. I remember right. And so uh, they were kind enough to have us over. I know. It was a trip, like just, you know, getting to sit with them and ask about Natchitoches and everything. And, and be in their neighborhood. And Suzanne is starting a business as well. She so, is. Um, a crafting so business of yeah, some sort. a crafting yeah. business. Like a, that's a whole thing. I, I had no idea. A crafting house. Like yeah. she rents an Airbnb just for crafty women. It's not even an Airbnb. You have to be part of this craft group and there's a craft page. and The you, craft consortium of America. It's crazy. I didn't know people still craft, but yeah. So she has a house with, it looked like, like, I don't even like a dorm room, like three beds per room, but this big, huge living room with all crafting supplies. Yeah, like ta- uh, work tables and- yeah. It seems like heaven if you're a crafting woman, but to me, I'm like, who would want to craft? It seems, oh my gosh, <laughs> putting those books together. That is not a vacation. <laughs> All those books and the, the little glue guns. Oh no. The minute I saw that, I was like, Get, I, I, this is not a vacation for me. I can't believe people come and do this. She's like, oh, they bring wine and they have the best time. Yeah, and I was it's not like, really in your wheelhouse. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, but so she has- but they a, do, like she showed us some of her albums and everything. They're beautiful. What are they called? They're, they're, they're scrapbooking. Scrapbooks. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Oh no, I mean, they're beautiful and it's time consuming. It looked like it. There were a lot of ornate designs and everything. She's and definitely not watching Netflix. She is not. No. So she's starting a, a business of her own, a craft house that will be rented out. So it was really great for us to be in a neighborhood, not just driving through one, sitting with two locals in their home. Beautiful and, home. Yes. And talking all things Natchitoches, yeah. honestly. And they're both business owners and you know, yeah. especially Wynn has been here forever. So- uh, he was really able to give us sort of the temperature on everything that's going on in Natchitoches. And what we were left with after talking with them is it really is sort of a town, it seems, where things are the way they are. They've always been that way. And not much is really going to change barring some sort of epic event. Yeah, it's very much people like the status quo. That's what we learned. Yeah. And um, and. That's fine if you like the status quo, honestly. Like, yeah. that's just, yeah. And they were both, you know, sort of upfront, like straight up front with us about the crime rates there in town. Uh, well, everyone, here's what's interesting whether black or white, everyone said the same. Yeah. The, cr- the crime in Akadish is high. It is. Um, and that was surprising to both of us because, well, you don't see it. I just didn't. There are certain areas I've been to where I feel unsafe. Nakadish wasn't one of them, wasn't one of them, but we were informed. Yes, there's a high crime rate, so be careful. And I looked it up after we left, and it turns out you have a 1 in 90 chance of being a victim of a violent crime in Natchitoches, which seems kind of high for as big as that area is. For as small as that area is, yeah. yeah. For a small, I, I agree with you. Uh, so that was that was disappointing. And yeah, it again, was a little discouraging to hear. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Wynn and Suzanne were straight up front with us, as were other people in town, and they said, well, a lot of it's black-on-black crime, and it happens in the poorer areas and all that. It's really unfortunate. It is. Uh, again, because I just, I look at that town, and I, I see, you know, obviously opportunity for people. But yeah. when you're poor and uneducated and there's crime everywhere, opportunity is very, very slim. So him confirming the status quo, yeah. there's not a big uptick in like, you know, college kids coming back Progress, and bringing up. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that was obviously you're in a town like that that's beautiful and you, you don't want to hear those stats at all. And especially from a local. He and Suzanne shared so much with us about uh themselves and Natchitoches that uh, we are going to have a YouTube episode called Ask a Local. Yeah, make sure you check that out. 
dropping that, in the coming days. Yeah, that will highlight uh, their experience of living in that town because Natchitoches has more to offer than just um, crime stats and uh, movies like Steel Magnolias being filmed there. It's also known for having festivals throughout the year, which they I, informed yeah, I was just us. Bring that up. Yeah, like they 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 told us it we're we're the town of festivals. And they, I did not know that. Yeah, neither did I. Uh and so I was just about to say I'm gonna talk about so we've talked about the downside of Natchitoches and I'm gonna talk to you about the two upsides and one of them are these, like, first off, it's the largest Christmas festival, I believe, in the state of Louisiana. It's amazing. I've it's, seen pictures of it, and it was on Steel Magnolias. And so people come from all over the place. It's uh, true. There's a jazz festival during the year. They have a Mardi Gras festival that attracts a lot of visitors. Yes, that's right. Suzanne and, talked about that and said it's such a big deal. Yeah, and there are periodic other ones. I I would imagine. I, I mean, as explained to me, I think there's one every month Agreed. at the very least yep. there, and so it's kind of a big deal. And these festivals obviously like provide a lot of entertainment. I'm sure there's tons of music everywhere. There's tons of yeah. community and people there, and you know, just obviously they're money makers for the city, uh -huh. right? Um, but in addition to that, one of the other bright spots we found was near Silby Lake. We brought it up a little earlier. Uh, the pieces of property or the houses that you can find, first off, that neighborhood backed by Silby Lake, S-I-L-B-Y Lake, is gorgeous. And it is. the properties there, sure, you have a couple that are like in the seven-figure range, but we found a house for $400,000 that was 3,000 square feet tucked away in the forest, uh, neighbors not directly, you know, up your butt. Yeah, and it was beautiful. gorgeous neighborhood. Guy waved to us as we were driving through and everything. Um, so, so yeah, there's 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 property that you can purchase there for sure. I mean, yeah. uh, that's, uh, you know, big pieces of property, larger homes for relatively decent prices compared to other cities we see. When I say Decent. I mean, I know that's all relative, but to get a home that's 3,000 square feet for $400,000 is yeah. kind of, uh, it's not, that's not common. Okay. Yeah. It was a pretty house too. Uh, so all that said, what's your take? Could you live in Natchitoches? I could not. It's not my star's hollow. Uh, and reason being is that there's no sense of community that I felt. I mean, very nice people, but I just would have liked more of a community. Not to mention, it's an hour and a half from an airport. I really, I mean, I know Alexandria is closer. It's 45 minutes, but you have to get a connector when you go to Alexandria. Yeah. Uh, the next airport over was- Shreveport. Shreveport. And okay, I say an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 15. Um, you know, the city has to be phenomenal for me to go over that hour. Like, I really want to stay within an hour of an airport. Sure, grocery stores were nearby. Um, I didn't like the fact that there isn't uh, much to do there. Even I couldn't, where would I go shopping? I have to drive. Everyone has to drive to Shreveport to do anything. If there's an, an event and they want to get a pretty dress, they have to drive to Shreveport. So for me, I, I want to do less driving, not more. Yeah. I've been really attracted to cities lately where I can get around on foot a lot. And this one wasn't one of them. Uh, so no, unfortunately oh, this was not, this was not my stars hollow. You can get property that are, is fantastic, yeah. but there are just other things like I mentioned that, mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't, I couldn't live without. I just, right. you know, uh, for me, I would have to say the same. I cannot do Natchitoches. I just don't think a few festivals a year are enough to keep me interested in the city. Uh, I think it's a disservice to the tourists who are there Monday through Thursday. 
if they happen to be or business travelers sure. who are looking for something to do. Like it's Deadsville after 8 p.m. on that main strip in downtown. There's just not enough of a reward for coming to spend your money there in non-festival times as a tourist. The other reason I would say is uh, with only 11% of the population having bachelor's degrees, I'm out. I mean, I just, I can't, any city that has an attrition rate of student population not willing to stay there, there's a systemic problem there. I think there's probably a lot of old money that doesn't want things to change because it serves their best interests to stay in the past. Okay. And for those people who do like Natchitoches, I totally get it and understand why. Uh, in fact, you can watch one of our Ask a Locals. It's dropping later this week and you can make your own decision because we're going to offer point counterpoint in this one. Oh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think you'll be able to come to your own conclusion. That's a wrap for this week. Why don't you take them out? Empty nest, full tank. See you guys next week from Corpus Christi, Texas. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.